This is Issues 2024. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County District Attorney Mark Bennett. Welcome to Issues 2024. Nice to have you with us, sir. I appreciate it. Can it be that you have really served as district attorney for, what, almost 15 years? It'll be, let's see, this is my 12th year right now, so three terms. Okay. Do you, do you intend to keep the job as long as the voters approve, or do, will you ever give it up? Oh, I'm not sure. I'll, yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> well, I'll run one more time. We'll, we'll uh, see where it goes after that. After that, maybe a national office. What do you think? Uh, not so much. Okay. Let's be topical this week. Some interesting things going on with the with a stolen statue of uh, Jackie Robinson uh, out in the, at uh, McAdams Park and the recovery of the... At this point, uh, it, it, when we're doing this, we don't know what the outcome's going to be, but something right. like that, Mark, where you've had something stolen, destroyed all the circumstances, are you, uh, are you thinking about what, sorry, what kind of charges you will file or have, have you already come up with yeah, well, something? What I can tell you on a situation like this, yeah. I can speak generally, so not specific about this, but what we're talking about when... Uh, item of personal property or property held by another is taken and either destroyed or uh, taken to be scrapped, um, something like that. Uh, we have a number of options. One would be a theft, simply a theft. They took a p- property belonging to another with the intent to permanently deprive that party of the benefit of the item. And the level of the crime is dependent upon the value of the item taken. So if you theft of uh, we don't have a shoplifting statute. We simply have a theft statute, and a theft of something de minimis, you know, that you, you know, pack a cigarettes. Well, that's a misdemeanor. Then you go steal someone's car. That's more expensive than you steal someone's, you know, retirement. I start getting up to the seventy-five hundred thousand dollar range. Now, so now you're up in a very, fairly uh, high range of felonies, and so those are the types of options we would explore. And then, obviously. If something's been destroyed, uh, you also have a separate charge of what's called criminal damage to property, which, again, can be a, a felony uh, or misdemeanor based upon the value of the thing that was destroyed. All right. And another thing that uh, it's, it's been very topical here over the past couple of weeks is uh, kids, uh, kids <clears throat> killing each other. You know, a 14-year-old and, and, uh, and, and, and other two teenagers involved. What's going yeah, on? Very, what's very got, troubling. What's going on with our kids? What do you What do you think, Mark? Uh, well, that, that's a. I'm not sure. 24 minutes is enough time to unpack that question, but right. um, you know, there's any number of things that are that I think are are going on. We've got, um, you know, ease of access to firearms. These kids, all of these are firearms cases. You know, I don't know what a 14 year old's doing with a handgun in the middle of the night. Um, so start to ask questions in terms of, of how it is these kids getting access to these guns, who's giving them to them, or who's who's allowing them to have access if it's not an intentional handoff, but they're making it available in some fashion. Uh, number two, that it also speaks to larger societal issues about, you know, um, this sounds like a bit of a loaded, you know, politically loaded comment, but I don't mean it to be, but, you know, breakdown of the family. Um, uh the fact that some of these kids are sort of left to their own devices running the streets in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. uh, again, another issue. So the criminal justice system can you know, hold people accountable, uh, try to punish, try to uh, incapacitate so that they're not free to do this sort of thing again to other citizens. But it uh, does not – we're not particularly effective in the criminal justice system of addressing some of the root causes of these tor- sorts of things. These are 
larger societal issues, frankly. I think a lot, uh, but so many people think that you can solve them. Uh, and mm-hmm. you, like I say, you, you, I think you have a great point. You, you got to go deeper. It's what's yeah. going on in, in people's you know, their personal lives. So, anyway. yeah. Century yeah. County Commission has uh, selected a site at Meridian and MacArthur in southwest Wichita to build that new regional psychiatric hospital. Uh, do you have any objections to that location? Uh, did you have any input on it? I was on a task force that was um, put together by the governor, and she asked me and uh, a dozen other folks, local legislators, uh, county commission, county staff, um, uh, even the legislator from another part of the state, we all got together and met. We didn't vote on it. That was solely the purview of the commission, but we at least addressed and, and raised questions and tried to uh, hone the issue so that the, legis- the commission rather would have as much information as possible. Uh, I, you know, there were, I want to say, three finalists, uh, final locations that were that were uh, submitted to the commission, all of which were viable, and and they found this one to be the the most viable. I think that the I wasn't in the room when they voted, but I know that the discussion beforehand, ease of access was one. So access on uh, right there next at two thirty five. Um, would be a, a selling point. Other other options included access to uh, I-35 or 135, rather. And um, so, you know, you want to be able to get get access to uh, for transportation, for um, some of these folks may need to go to the hospital, just a regular hospital. Um, so, yeah, that's those are all selling points. But the larger issue for us um, and the reason why I'm supportive of getting the hospital here in Wichita as a general matter, where it goes was less important to me that, that we have it is because we really need uh, more access to mental health. Uh, this is specifically going to be something akin to what we call Larned State Hospital out in Pawnee County, uh, middle part of the state, Larned Hospital. Uh, this is sort of what we have been referring to as Larned East, um, and it will allow us to um, put people who are uh, maybe facing competency evaluations, uh, restoration of competency, things that go that uh, the criminal justice system struggles with uh, and allow us to put those folks here locally quicker uh, with more ease of access to the facility and get, hopefully get them in and out faster. Because right now, you know, for the last several years, we have had delays that sometimes run into the uh, a number of months, not just five or six months, but to eight, nine, 10, 12 months of people waiting for a bed at Larned and that really impacts the uh, criminal justice system, how long people sit. Uh, meanwhile, we're paying for it every day in the jail, um, so it's not been a particularly uh, good situation. So we're really looking forward to having a, a facility like this in Wichita. I think it'll benefit us and also take some of the strain off of other counties. Uh, Sedgwick County has a big footprint in the criminal justice arena, far more so than western Kansas. And so if we have something here, it allows western Kansas to not be in line behind Sedgwick County. Well, you talk, You answered, I think, my next question. I was going to ask you, about what, uh, how will this facility impact your office's work and uh, to just make it uh, speed up the process a little bit? Then, huh? Yeah, and I think the, the faster people get uh, evaluated, the, the sooner they'll get the help they need, assuming they need it. Uh, it's a benefit to them. It's not just, I, you know, my goal here is not just I, I want this to move faster and more efficiently, although certainly that's a benefit. But it doesn't do anyone any good who's, who may truly be suffering from a mental illness or a, a issue of competency to sit in the jail for eight months waiting to see somebody. Um, that's, that's just not 
the way to run a railroad. So uh, we need to we need to, as a system to do better at this. And frankly, it comes down to in infrastructure. We don't. This isn't something the sheriff can do. Literally, doesn't have legal jurisdiction uh, to conduct this. It has to be done this way. So we need this facility here to uh, to facilitate that. They're starting with fifty beds. Uh, I, I would assume they can expand that. Is is that going to be enough? The, that was part of the discussion in the task force. Um, there was a strong uh, encouragement, uh, if the money's there, to double that to a hundred um, up right now, uh, rather than waiting and having it. A, I mean, it's built so that it can be expanded to to a hundred fairly easily. But I think everyone understood that we could probably fill fifty the next the day it opens, and so um, it would be very not just handy, but also. Um, cost-effective. I mean, it's not going to be less expensive in 10 years to, to add 50 more beds. Uh, now is the time to do it if the money's there. And so that was one of the recommendations, I think, from the task force, not just to the commission, but to all parties involved, including the state. We uh, talked this week with the commission chair, uh, Beatty, about this same topic. And he said yeah. one of the concerns is uh, how many people we're going to have to hire and yeah. can we get them? I mean, he's talking about Hiring 120 people to start, to start with 120 and go from there, I guess. Well, and also, and if this were not, if this were simply a, an isolated effort, uh, I would be very concerned about that. I am, I share Ryan's concerns. I think Commissioner Brady's got a real ha- a good handle on this and understands the issues very, very well. Uh, but I have some hope in that we also have. Uh, at the same time, uh, the effort that's going on between KU Medical Facility up there on uh, Murdoch and, and the canal route uh, to, to work with WSU for this new campus that they're trying to facilitate for uh, the training and, and education of folks uh, in the medical uh, field and yeah. trying to en- enhance that. And and uh, there are not enough folks who work in med- medicine uh, generally and in mental health specifically uh, in the state of Kansas. There's only one county in the last study showed that was probably uh, adequately staffed or had enough folks in the county uh, to, to handle mental health issues of the county. And that's Johnson County up in, or in the Kansas City side of things. The other 104 counties were underserved. And so this is a statewide issue. And it's something that I'm very glad that our commission and other stakeholders have taken to heart and are taking seriously. And so while I share Ryan's concern, I also share his optimism that this new enterprise will um, at least get us along the path toward addressing those those shortcomings in, in uh, staffing issues. You're listening to Issues 2024 on the Odyssey radio stations and our guest is Sedgwick County District Attorney Mark Bennett. And so what's, uh, what's happening now with the illegal drugs? Is any progress in dealing with fentanyl uh, or progress in finding out how to deal with it? Well, I do know that it is a priority of law enforcement. So uh, police, uh, WPD, and the Sheriff's Department uh, work in a, uh, jointly when it comes to drug cases and and work with their federal partners as well. So ATF, uh, DEA, those kind of folks who are all, always looking to stem the tide of the flow of drugs and uh, illegal weapons coming into the to the area. And so they've had several uh, notable successes. Uh, the, the, the scary part is when they do have them, they come and tell me how many pills they intercepted in, in one load. 
it does give you some indication as to the the bulk and the scope of the of the problem. So you know when we have somebody come out with half a million pills that we stop, we can celebrate that. But it does also speak to the the issue of some if an individual is coming into Sedgwick County with a half a million pills. It does uh, fentanyl pills to be to be clear. Uh, it does uh, speak again to the the, the seriousness of the issue. So. Um, we are taking them very seriously. We've got a number of pending cases right now uh, involving fentanyl. Uh, the feds do as well, I'm sure. Uh, we've had, sadly, several that are in, that involve the death of people um, who took a fentanyl pill, and so the people who sold it to them, when, when they can be identified, we're charging them with uh, one level of homicide or another. There's actually a specific state statute that was passed a few years ago for this very sort of thing, and so um, we're charging those cases as well and have, like I said, several of them pending right now. Sedgwick County is looking for a permanent home for administrative offices. Uh, do you have enough room? You're you're still in the courthouse, the county courthouse. So, do correct. You, do you have enough room for for uh, what you what you're tasked to do? Well, in the so if you look at the courthouse and you're standing on uh, middle of Main Street or across the street, looking to the west at the courthouse, we're in the annex, the two story building that juts off to the north, right. and we've right. been here for decades uh, i think since the since the annex was built uh and that was part of the issue they needed more court space they needed more space for my office and so when the register of deeds and the treasurer and all those folks and admin left they left the courthouse to essentially be a court specific and court only uh, uh, building uh, they are currently uh, redoing the second and third floor um and with the goal of having sometime next year my office move wholesale into that, which will expand our footprint and uh, give us more space to expand, more office space for our attorneys and our staff, um, and hopefully take care of us moving into the future. There was recently a, a problem with state computers and court files. Uh, were you involved in Sedgwick County <laughs> impacted by that? You're laughing. Uh, you must, uh, you must yeah, have been. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Court, yeah, yeah. Computers, man, they're they're <laughs> awesome. But they, yeah, you, you really, when when something goes wrong, you are reminded how beholden we are to to technology. So, yeah. um, several years ago, the backstory is several years ago, the the state court system elected to go to a new records management system. So we have had have had, excuse me, for years something called full court which is what all 105 counties, or actually 104 counties of the 105 have worked on, and it's where you go to see, the, you know, you want to look up 2007 CR 123, you can see whose case that is and what attorneys were assigned and what happened in it, and it's all there, that public record. Um, they needed to update that. Full court was not going to be supported by its company anymore, so they went to a com- uh, something called Odyssey. And they rolled it out in increments, and then just this past August, they rolled it out into, into Sedgwick County. And so we had not been operating on it. Uh, other parts of the state got it sooner than us. And we were the second-to-last county to get it, so we got it in August, and a lot of infrastructure, a lot of effort went into it. And then October 12th, I want to say, uh, it shut down, and we found out later that the state system uh, housed in Topeka, uh, which was rolled out to all these counties, had been hacked or had been the victim of what's called a ransomware, by what I understand through uh, press releases from the Supreme Court, to have been uh, thought to have been uh, a Russian-based cyber attacker. And so they were shut down for several months, 
And just in the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, uh, they've been able to open access to the to Odyssey again. Luckily for us in Sedgwick County, I had my own records management system, uh, computer-based system, that we kept that was separate and apart from full court before that and Odyssey now. And so it allowed us to keep our dockets going. I could tell all the judges, here's what we have scheduled for you next week and tomorrow and a month from now. And printed out dockets every day and sent them to the judges and their aides. And we were able to, in that fashion, keep the courthouse or keep at least the criminal and juvenile and child need care systems going. Uh, I was not able to help civil attorneys or the civil uh, dockets because I have, we don't have a role in that. But uh, it was it did allow the criminal cases to go along without interruption. And we were pretty thankful to have had that. So um, it was it was a mess. But uh, Courts worked hard to get it back online, and, and it's back uh, functioning again. There's been some shutdowns here and there as they try to address things, but yeah, it was no fun. You were insightful to do that to have yourself another plan. And yes, I, I am familiar with ransom. Oh my gosh, that yeah, had to create a real mess. How do you? It's spell, a real mess. How do you spell Odyssey, by the way? Oh, um, thank you, thank you for doing that to me on the spot. Is, is it with O D? Yeah, O D Y S S E Y. I believe. Okay, I just I asked oh, yeah. because our company is Odyssey, but it's oh, I see. A U D A C Y. What? No, 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 nothing. Audacious. It sounds like yes. No, <laughs> yeah, not that. Yeah. This is not audacious. This is <laughs> Odyssey. I know the pandemic though had a big impact on on our legal system. Um, have your offices uh, and, and the courts, are, have they recovered from that, Mark? Yeah, I well, those are two different questions. Oh, uh, okay. Has our office, yes. Uh, has, have the courts more generally? Eh, depends on where, you're, where you are. Uh, I will tell you that in Sedgwick County, um, the, the Sedgwick County judges, so in, in March of 2020, when things started to shut down, we were given the mandate that everyone got, which is to, to not have social gatherings, which would obviously include jury trials and court proceedings, et cetera. So that shut down in March. But by uh, what would have been Memorial Day, um, our judges had gotten their heads together here in Sedgwick County and decided that this was not uh, going to work long term. We, we have to we have obligations to bring people and give them their due process and give them access to the courts. And so by Memorial Day, we were back either in court or on Zoom, uh, county spent money on on uh, plexiglass and outfitting a couple of courtrooms. Whether that was particularly effective or or not, I guess we'll I'll leave that to history to judge. But the point is, they worked very hard to get us back uh, trying cases. And by September, we tried the first case uh, post COVID uh, in the state. And by December, we were trying cases, not a lot, but uh, they were it, it was accessible. And then. Um, we kept trying them in, in 21, 22, and just last year we tried over 90 jury trials in Sedgwick County. I mean, we were back to functioning at, at levels that uh, existed pre-COVID. And I'll tell you that because of that, uh, just looking quickly at our statistics, and these are as of December. I haven't run them uh, this, most, this, this month, but as of December, uh, we were at 99 to uh, 90, or 99 to 100% of all cases filed uh, Prior to COVID, are resolved uh, cases from the year of COVID. Ninety-five percent of those cases are resolved. Eighty, uh, almost ninety percent of the cases from 2021, 
Uh, and then about two thirds of the cases from 22 and 23 looks like. So wow. point is we're, we're, we're clipping along and that is the product of a great deal of work for, from the defense bar, uh, the prosecutors and the judges. Um, now I will tell you though, if you say, well, that sounds like there's no backlog. Um, that's not been the case everywhere. There are jurisdictions, both in Kansas and more uh, to the point around the country, that when they shut down, they shut down for a year, a uh, year and a half. And so that I know, uh, reading um, some of the, the national statistics, that there are places that have incredible backlogs still that may take dec- you know, years to, to work down. So mm. we're very, very lucky in Sedgwick County that everybody... Uh, after about 60 days, said, yeah, we're not doing this. We're going to keep working. And I, I say that without comment. Uh, this isn't a political commentary. It's just simply a fact. That's what happened. And so we were able to keep things moving. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we did. What did. I got a news release on this. What is the pig butchering scam? <laughs> uh, I don't I, – I get where the uh, – <laughs> uh, the, the, terminology came from but it's something about fattening the pig but the idea is uh i think some prosecutor or cop in the east coast uh, coined that term but what it what it's speaking to is people who get a text on their cell phone hey is this bob uh no wrong number oh sorry and then they in a in a fairly benign way see if they can't engage you in conversation i'm sorry you know and maybe do you know about you know and then Next thing you know, you're in, a, you're in a text conversation with this individual, which seems benign enough to begin with. And then slowly they introduce the concept of, well, hey, would you be interested in, and before you know it, you are, um, let, me, let, me make, let me try to make you an offer here. I, I've got this thing I do, and it has to do with cryptocurrency. Oh. And next thing you know, you're, you've, been, you've been awarded, hey, you you made money on this deal. I, 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 I went ahead and did this for you just to see if you'd enjoy it. But you made a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks on this, and people go, "You're kidding me! I, you, I just made that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they got you, and then they they lure you in, and people end up putting, you know, considerable amounts of money into this cryptocurrency, and then, not surprisingly, they find out, you know, a few days later that whatever money they put into this is long gone and untraceable and gone forever. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time in the DA's office. We have a consumer protection division devoted simply to trying to protect consumers from commercial, you know, commercial situations that, uh, if you're, you know, if you're, loan money to your brother-in-law, you're on your own. But if you are getting taken advantage of by somebody in the commercial arena, that's where we step in. And um, it just seems to me that no matter how many times we try to get the word out, uh, no matter how many scam alerts we put out, no matter how many press conferences we have about this, there's always a new wrinkle, and there's always someone who was not aware. Um, And, I mean, these guys are doing it because it works. Uh, You know, you think, well, who would get taken in by that? Well, the answer is a lot of normal people. It's just there's nothing wrong with somebody who doesn't mean they're stupid or naive. It just means they just... Didn't see it coming. And so situations like this where you and I are talking about it, hopefully people are listening. It's mm-hmm. a way to remind people to hopefully see it coming next time so they don't get taken in by it. Well, you're probably never surprised by uh, all the the uh, cleverness and thought that goes into 
people who want to perpetrate <laughs> crimes and take advantage of other people. Listen, Mark, I, I got to I got to stop now. We're we're out of time. It's always right. good to talk to you. I, I always come away thinking I, I know a little bit more about what's going on. So we appreciate it and appreciate the uh, more than a dozen years you've been our uh, district attorney. Thanks for being with us this morning. Our Thanks guest, Sedgwick County District Attorney Mark Bennett. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2024. We'll be back next week, and thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.